Map out your future, but do it in pencil. The road ahead is as long as you make it. Make it worth the trip. Hello and welcome to episode 377 of Under the Cull of MS, a Mad Manipod episode. Uh, get your big man maniverse library out, get yourself set up, see where we're at. Looks like we are up to the living end, a prome. See, what would a prome be? What would be crossed with a poem to make it a prome? A prequel, maybe? No, not sure. Guessing it to look back at Frank's life, or I'm not sure what's gonna happen. We are on page 287, is where we're starting. The fun little pin up on the uh, page before it that's, yeah, I see now, okay, because. I was going to say it looks like a Frank Frazetta painting of the, uh, what is it, John Carter from Mars style look with the pistol towards the alien. Not sure if that was what that cover was from or that Frazetta did. I want to say that's what it was, John Carter from Mars, but this is a pinup done by Frank Frazetta, which is awesome. Having your Madman artwork done by a variety of different characters, especially some acclaimed artists from our, from throughout our lives. But, all right. Let's see what's up with Frank and the rest of the gang. Looks like Madman's sitting in a, Pretty basic setup chair with a kind of like a hair dryer, the old school hair dryer hoodie type thing with a ton of cables running out of it. All kinds of different colored cables, and they're putting this thing on Frank's head, and I'm guessing to find out something or to show him something from his past or future, or who knows. But we're going to find out. So are you ready to start the living end of Prome? I'm not sure about this. I think this brain recorder stuff is a load of hooey. So it's a brain recorder. You would think a brain recorder you'd have to have on while you're doing things. And that would record what's going on. Unless it's one that goes into your memories or something like that. What about your previous existence? You want to know who you really are, don't you, Frank? <laughs> oh, these doctors like playing with Frank. Who I really am? Gee whiz. When you put it like that, seems too intangible. Too existential. I just want to know who I was. This device will... 
be able to record memories in your subconscious. It taps into your brain's deepest, most secret hiding places. Anyway, if it works correctly, it will. <laughs> Good old Frank, the guinea pig, the test subject. Lab rat. What do you mean if it works correctly? How many times have you used this thing? Don't concern yourself. Let's get started. That should do it. Ouch. Ready, Gail? Ready. Begin. And Gail pushes the button. Kachink. Man, man starts struggling. Uh, uh, uh. All of a sudden, memories are popping up and flourishing of a truck going over a cliff, a doctor's face pulling up the sheets over a possible dead body. Get it off! Please, get it off! Hmm. Should I stop the process? It's hurting him. Not yet. And they keep going through. You see Madman's face. You see a scalpel and a blood bag. You see a certain bean floating in the air with holes in their hands and feet. We see a doctor with a mask and apron on grabbing a hold of a brain and Working with some body parts and sewing the skull back together on Frank and flipping a switch and a cosmic power monster giving Frank life, energy, something. Who knows? Frank's seeing all these visions through his little brain transmitter hat that they stuck on him. Astounding. All the energy has been reversed. Oh. <laughs> uh, the, the word bubble is above Frank's. I thought Frank was saying that. Sorry about that. But that's Dr. Flem. Astounding. All the energy has been reversed. That shouldn't have. Couldn't have happened. I've never. Someone help him. It's all in my head. I can see everything. Who I was. Who I am. Who I will be. I can see my death. The blast. Mumble, mumble. What did he mean? Who I was? You've yet to tell me what you've learned of Frank. Drats. He's sure to forget everything from the trauma. This was irresponsible of me. His mind is so very fragile. Well, first of all, his name isn't really Frank. 
He's a John Joe. He's a John Doe. That's right. Our hospitalized friend, Dr. Biofard, named him Frank after bringing him back to life. With only a few isolated memories. We'd hoped this experiment could probe and record his mostly hidden past. A surface childhood memory of the fictional hero. Mr. Excitement is why he wears the exclamation bolt on his uniform. It gives him confidence while his mask hides his scars. It has also become a second skin. In the beginning, Frank became Dr. Biofard's protege, eager to learn, eager, easy to teach. When Frank found me and saved me from a failed experiment by freeing my head from my disintegrated body, Biofard and I joined forces to complete our re- research on the secrets of life and death. Uh, Eric, Frank is the key that unlocks those mysteries. A man able to perform feats of coordination achievable for the average human. It seems only just that we should help unlock the secrets to his origins as well. A man with great power will come. Unfortunately, this road seems to be a wrong turn. Let's distract ourselves with another project. Hmm. And proceed with more caution? What exactly happened to Dr. Biofard? What did happen to Dr. Biofard? He has, I thought he was with the gang when we last left off. But now he's not around. So we turn the page and we happen to see Dr. Biofard. So we're going to be talking about him and see what he's been up to. I wasn't present to witness the origins of Dr. Biofard's tragedy. I was working with Gail in Buzztown when Biofard began to use a brain-expanding drug on himself. There seems to be an unforeseen element. A contamination, or contaminant, that has altered our most recent projects. Biofard's experiment was successful, increasing his intelligence. Increasing it to a level that his scientific journals are a new gray mystery beyond even my understanding, with ultimate horror being the tragic result. He's moved beyond our help and experience. (laughs) 
Expand the wall of linger. What about you, Dr. Gale? What about your cure? Let's work on that. Plant growing formula. It's relatively free of danger. Hukukachoo. Yes, dear friends and colleagues. Enough hindsight. Back to the drawing board. Onward to meet destiny. And it kind of like stops there. And then we go into a crash course for the Ravers storyline. Which, yeah, we got to jump into because we're only halfway through this portion of the podcast. So we will start reading that next. And that starts, oh, on page 293, it looks like. We see Frank and Joel sitting out in a park area, having a picnic. Frank's tossing a a paper airplane as there's some swirly thing out in the atmosphere up in the sky. And this Joe's just reading a book. Looks like possibly Madman's Journals because it says me on the cover. And it looks like a standard writing journal. But let's check out the crash course for the Ravers. Here's the skinny. Snap City. It's where I found myself. It's where anything, everything happens. It's where I met Joe. I'm mad for Joe. Gee, Joe, I don't know if I should be letting you read my journals. You're gonna think I'm weird. I'm thrilled you did. It gives me a feeling. Have you ever been so calm? So at peace that you feel thrillingly numb. That's how I feel now with you. Aw, isn't that special? They're such a cute little couple. (laughs) Sometimes I feel you can't possibly be real. Why, I'm here. That's real, and so are my feelings for you. I trust you more than anyone I've ever met. Trust? You write so honestly in your journals. I trust your feelings for me. Do you trust me? Completely. Ever play the trust game? I don't think so. What's that? Come here. Trust me. Sure, I trust you. 
then let's play. As she puts a blindfold on Frank. Do you trust me enough to do whatever I say? Uh, yeah. Keep walking. Slowly. As she has Frank walking out on a dead tree that's laying down on the ground, sticking out, protruding out from the rocks and ground. And there's a few feet between Frank and the ground as he's walking on the log. Now turn all the way around as he gets to the edge of the log. Now fall backward. Huh? Fall backwards? Trust me, Frank. I'll catch you. And he's a pretty hefty guy landing on this little gal. And he's up there pretty high. I don't know why she was thinking the trust fall was good for this one. <laughs> she could have had him do the trust fall when he was on the ground or just standing on a rock or something. Not having him up that high. And he's basically about... Well, when you look at the picture of her next to his feet... I'd say about five to six feet off the ground. So. But I'll squish you. I'm a lot stronger than I look. Don't think. Just trust. Okie dokie. As Frank falls backwards. Whoop. Gotcha. Are you smooshed? Nah. <laughs> She caught him, but all she really did was take the impact, the brunt of the impact, as he landed in her body, and they both fell to the ground. <laughs> Woo-ha! That was needle. Today is the greatest day i ever known. As he flings his paper airplane into the air. Uh, Frank... You can get off me now. <laughs> He's still laying or sitting on top of her. Uh, and we come to a huge staircase, wooden staircase, kind of like going up to a search tower or something like that. It goes up the hill into the woods. We see a unusual looking creature underneath one of the staircases. We see this thing flying around through space. And see what these two are up to. Let's talk about precious things. Well, you know, a few days ago, Dr. Flem introduced a vision of my future. Yes, you think you saw how you'd die. You believe it will happen. That's just it. I don't care anymore. It felt real in the lab, but now it feels like a dream. It's no wonder. With your scientist friends and their oddball experiments. Yeah, I think they're swell and all. But I'd rather be with you any day. Ginchy. <laughs> and they see the little space thing go fly above their head. Wow, what was that? I couldn't see. Whatever it was, it was traveling fast. 
Heck yeah. I bet it was a flying saucer. <laughs> she tickles Frank. And they goof about. Hee hee. Hey, cut it out. <laughs> Why you? I oughta. Nyah, 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 nyah. <laughs> a little three stooges thing going on here between the two of them. Look it. Gosh. As this thing gets bigger and all of a sudden crash lands just not too far from Frank and Joel. Dr. Flem will want to see this. I put the con talkie next to the cocktail weenies. So Frank looks through the lunchbox to find the walkie-talkie. Dr. Flem, come in, please. Come in, Dr. Flem. Frank, behind you. As the alien says, <laughs> a big tall alien being appears in front of them. What's it saying? He flings his. Well, his paper airplane, he didn't fling it this time. It just was working its way through the airstream. Ended up somehow looping around, coming back, and popping the alien in one of his eyeballs. The alien goes running off. That had to hurt. It must have come from one of those two ships. Give me my rocket disc gun. I'm going after it. Are you sure? What about the spaceship? Tell Dr. Flem what's happened. I'm going to find out where that thing goes. Hello, Frank. Is that you? Hello. There's its parachute. I suppose the thing, when it did run off, it did have like a backpack with a parachute hanging out of it. And it was dragging behind it, so it's got a big long tail, it looks like. I gotta tell you, I was pretty scared when I went into that dark drainage pipe. Fear of the unknown and all that. As he crawled through a drainage pipe, seen a bunch of sludge and some other stuff. What's this? Goop? Goopy? I'll stick some samples in these jars. Yuck. And then he gets lost around a couple tubes. Oh, swell. Which way did it go? As he wanders around looking. To be the butter dish is the essence of time, dig. Hey, who's the crasher man? Who invited you to the happening, daddy-o? Don't be sticking your beezer where it's not meant to be. 
Yeah, man. We're just cutting dittos, man. You hear the blibbit are happening, daddy-o? Oh, no. Street beatniks. They're the worst things ever. Frank's stuck with a bunch of street beatniks. What's that you're saying? Blevit, Kakut, Dittos, Annoying Us Man, Buggin. We're just here to frolic, man. Cut up, you know, horse around. He don't dig, man. Let's make him bigger's velvet. Say, I'm just looking for something big. Have you seen anything strange? Just you, Zoo. This is our scene. What's with the mask, Daddy-o? Big head. Ha! He must be a real double bagger. He's no drooly, that's for sure. X double minus. Cool it, man. Maybe he's hip. Hold on, man. What's the madman of Snap City? Or that's the madman of Snap City. He got me stuck in the big box. Let's make a big noise, boys. Bruise some skin. No. Just stay back. You guys, I don't want to have to shoot you. Like, stay cool, dig? Oh, yuck. As we see, the beatniks are trying to attack the madman. They're messing with them. One beatnik's covered in some pink goo. And he's, like, grossed out. Doesn't know what's going on. He must have fell into something. Something got... Oh, yeah, okay, never mind. Frank threw one of his jars at the heads of one of the characters. And he got the pink goo all over all the characters. And they're just still going after Frank. Right, oh man. <laughs> That's just a kitty toy gun. No, it's not. Might as well shoot. We're going to skin you for bongos. Not today. Gah, ah, yeah. They run after him, going through the thing, getting zapped by Frank's little disc gun. It used to be a toy. I fixed it. Nifty, eh? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> They cry and run away, run after Frank. You're dead, Daddy-o. Dead? Hey, what's the happening? Man, I feel bad vibes. Uh, what? By now, remember to always turn the world on with your smile. Or he said, bye now. Remember to always turn the world on with your smile. I should read these with the... <laughs> Apostrophes, exclamations, all that stuff correctly. The grammar. 
Dr. Flem and Dr. Gale just got here. Did you see it again? Uh, you see Dr. Flem and Gale are working on the spaceship. They got their space connect, spaceship connected to the spaceship. They got some stuff going on. No, but I ran into some street beatniks back there. And I found this. Mustard? No. I found some glowing goo. I put it in the jar. Frank, help us hook up these anti-gravity plates. I want to get it back to Biofard's lab before anyone else gets here. Shouldn't you look inside it first? No time. The door won't be easy to open. See anyone yet, Joe? No one yet. This part of town is pretty much deserted on weekends. Alright, now I come to the next page. And at least finish that page off before we end it. Yeah, I think we'll come back right after this. We'll finish off page 303 and then we will stop for today and talk about something else I got. So I'll end this now, and then I'll get right back to you with some more goodies right after this. Okay, let's get back to page 303 and finish this off. I did have one more little inspirational quote that kind of fits for something coming up. And it is, sometimes you find yourself in the middle of nowhere. And sometimes, in the middle of nowhere, you find yourself. That'll be a little relate, relating thing to coming up with something right after this. But let's first finish this off, this last page that we're going to read today. When we left off, we had Dr. Flem working on with his spaceship, and he's working on looking at this new spaceship that came in. Uh, this all happened during Frank and Joe's little picnic and enjoyable day out. And Frank had a chase after some alien from the spaceship and ran into beatniks. And now he's back with the doctor and Joe and let's see where, what's up. It's all happening later on. It's working. Or that should do it, Gail. See if the anti-gravity controls respond. It's working. Let's get it out of here. I just had an odd thought. I thought I'd like to be God for a day. Just one day. To see what it's like. And God could be me. Would I accomplish terrific things? Or would I just screw everything up? Just a thought. Maybe I shouldn't let Joe read this. She'll think I'm really weird. Isn't this wild? A spaceship. We don't know that yet. Not for certain. I'm going to contact Marie and Warren. Have them take a motor router tunnel from Buzztown 
the biofarge lab. We're going to need them. Good idea. Joe, do you want to come with us? I can't. I promised my boss I'd help move boxes to the new office in Temperance building on Rocher's Hill. Is it all right if I go with her? I'll keep my calm talkie with me in case you need me. Sure, I'll beep you in two hours. Don't forget this, as Frank hands the doctor the jar of pink goo. And that is where we're going to end it on page 304. <clears throat> Just before all the interesting things happen with Joe's boss and her little moving job and what's going on. So we'll get to see what's happening with all that next time. Hopefully next Monday. Save man, man, a man time. Save mad, man, a man channel. Fold up the book, put it away. Looks like we're almost right around the halfway mark. Which is kind of a bummer. Don't want it to run out. Don't want it to don't want time to fly by and get through all the pages and be done with all the books and not have anything enjoyable to do anymore. We have to come up with something new if we do, but yeah, we're actually going through the book faster than I expected. But we do have the second Madman Verse library. Mine's still sitting in its package box that came in. I have yet to even open it. I'm saving that day for when we get ready to read that baby. Uh, and I still got to figure out. I think I got the shelf picked out that I'm going to put these on. And turn into my little madman shelf. Only downfall is the thing I got the most of is the yo-yos and toys. And with the madman cereal box coming with the whoopee cushion and all the extra toys. I might need two shelves to do this one. But we'll see. I was going to do some rearranging down here. Redo my whole podcasting area, art area, stuff. Eventually get it cleaned up. Now that spring's here, I wanted to do all this shit this winter. <laughs> Winter's flowing by, and it's still crappy out yet. But spring is upon us. Spring showers are rampant. I got to get the car in the garage because my stupid sunroof's leaking. I don't know why I bought a car with a sunroof. Every car I've ever owned with a sunroof leaked. And now I, if I get in my car after a couple days of rain, I got a damp seat and then some water on the center console. Which I should keep an eye on that because I got a couple comic books in the back seat for on the floor of the back seat for reading material when the wife is in a store shopping or something like that. I need to kill some time. But we got a couple extra comics to talk about here. I uh, went to Cowabunga Con, the second one that I've been to. 
in a town close to me. And it's just a small little comic convention with a variety of uh, characters selling cards, comics, action figures, original artwork, stuff like that. And uh, we checked out, well, we came across uh, Silver Surfer number six and seven with the dance slot. Michael and Laura Allred run by Marvel Comics. And these were two that I didn't have. I could have swore I had number eight. But when I come home and look on my list, I don't have number eight. Unless it's in my the pile I still didn't type into my CLZ list yet. So hopefully it's in there because I could have swore I, I had that cover. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, the basics chosen by Galactus to be his herald and imbued with the power cosmic, Norinrad from the planet Zenla became the Silver Surfer. Now freed from his servitude to the World Eater, the Silver Surfer travels the spaceways on a mission of heroism and discovery. Born to a couple of very nice people in the small town of Anchor Bay, Massachusetts, a young girl in love with her hometown grew up to be Don Greenwood, co-manager of the Greenwood Inn. That is, until she was kidnapped by aliens. And then kidnapped by the Silver Surfer. <laughs> Together, the Silver Surfer and Don conquered cosmic villainy and saved the day. Surfer returned to Dawn, returned Dawn to Earth, but her brush with the new and the unknown had awakened a taste for adventure. So Dawn said goodbye to her family to join the Surfer in his exploration of the Great Cosmic Pathway. This one's called Imperfections. Starts out with the uh, them in the Milky Way galaxy. And Don Greenwood's being the basically the rude passenger <laughs> on a trip through many universe or through a huge universe through through tons of unknown space atmosphere. And, of course, she's the one of those that, eh, I'm hungry. Take me somewhere to eat. Uh, I got to go to the bathroom. Uh, I'm hungry again. Uh, I got to go to the bathroom again. Uh, I'm hungry again. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. This one just had me laughing every other every page. I, everything that happens throughout here, she has some physical problems and the server takes care of it for her. She has hunger problems. He helps her out. She has to go to her bathroom. He helps her out. And she just keeps annoyingly coming up with things that she needs until they end up on a planet that gets them in a little bit of extra trouble. And if you, uh, I mean, the Silver Surfer's kind of screwing up everything. By being in love with a girl. Because he's not. Cosmically using his brain. He's like. 
turning things to making things into riches that could basically turn everything upside down in the long run if you keep doing stuff like that and not compensating for things correctly and not paying attention to how to what you're doing out in the atmosphere what you're giving out and uh who you're giving it to and basically what it could cause in the future and then the other one they basically have the same synopsis in the beginning of all of them so we're not getting nothing special there but uh this one is called this time they're in the pan galactic edge and uh it's called we are sailors on an endless sea of night and this one they just go so far that through the universe that they find where the universe ends maybe everything's black they go out into the black space and Dawn gets taken away, and Silver Surfer and the board have to go their separate ways. Try and find Dawn, and she gets kidnapped after they find this little signal thing in the middle of the darkness. And you just basically got to watch and see what happens with the Silver Surfer throughout this and Don as it goes and uh, nicely takes us back through some memories of their past and some things they went through helping people and possibly hurting people along the run which by doing things that in the long run will end up biting them in the ass in the future maybe I would assume but that I assume that I'm just making an ass out of you and me. So I predict that these little cosmic power things that the Silver Surfer does to help take care of things are going to definitely kick them in the ass in the future uh, and screw things up in the timeline, the world, all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, these were both great issues. Number six definitely stood out more. Uh, had me, like I said, laughing every other page. I was cracking up every time I turned a page and read the next two pages. It's just the things that Don did and how Silver Surfer had to deal with it. it just it was a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, check those out. And, of course, you get the all-red artwork with them. And you can't go wrong with that. So, I uh, think we will, yeah, what the heck, we got a little bit of time left. Let's just do a little bit of Kelvin and Hobbes trying to get through this. See if we got anything good. We got Kelvin and Hobbs on there. Little, uh, ah, 
come on. Think about it. The cart with the four wheels, the handle, the red, red rocket type thing. Uh, wheel, uh, wagon, little red wagon type thing. They're sitting on it, going down a hill, hauling butt. Kelvin says, nothing is permanent. Everything changes. That's the one thing we know for, for sure in this world. But I'm still going to gripe about it. <laughs> Next set of panels. Kelvin's throwing a water balloon up in the air, having fun. Goes to catch it, and ploosh! This explodes water all over him, his face, his body. How can something seem so plausible at the time and so idiotic in retrospect? All right, next set we got Kelvin yawning, yelling, not yawning, yelling. I refuse to take out the garbage. I have the right to do whatever I want all the time. No, you don't. I don't? Well, it sure ought to be right. As he's dragging the garbage bag out after his dad told him no. Then we got... Nah, this one would be good if I had a can of root beer. Kelvin, he's burping. Making little fart noises and burp noises with his face and mouth. Hobbs walks up. What are you doing? I'm hoping there's a mockingbird around. <laughs> he wants someone to mock his burping and farting. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, one more we got. This is the bigger panels. Kelvin's suffering. He's melting into the ground. He's just so damn hot. He can't take it. Just evaporating into nothingness. Turning into a gaseous form and floating up to the clouds. All of a sudden the cloud starts raining. As the cloud starts downpouring rain, Kelvin's naked body starts to form on the ground. And then he goes running off. Ah! As he's having a blast naked running through <laughs> running through the park or wherever they're at. It looks like they're at a park or something. And his ma's bending over, picking up Kelvin's clothes as his shirt and underwear and his hands in her hands. Says, Not again. <laughs> oh, those were such the good days. Who needed clothes? Just run around naked and party. <laughs> All right. That should do it for today. I'm not going to keep reading those. I'll save them for other episodes of whatever. And we will end it here today. A little bit longer than normal. And a little bit of extra stuff. And we'll get back to you next Monday with more of Mad Mana Pod. Don't forget to pick up your Madman Universe libraries. They have the second one out now. So get those. You're going to want the whole set of six. <clears throat> if you don't have it, that's not good. That's 
you got to support the All Reds. We need to keep them making stuff because we want our Madman movie in the future. So in order to do that, we got to support the Madman. So get your butts out there. Buy your books if you don't have them. It's more fun to have them to read along with me so you can see the pictures. Because I'm not going to tell you everything that's going on around them. I'm not going to give you the good extra artwork bonuses too detailed and stuff but yeah get yours from dark horse comics and be good to yourself be good to everybody else stay ginchy <laughs> uh, and check out crimson call comic club under the call keep following under the call of ms rate review tell a friend subscribe Send us questions, comments, whatever. And we'll be back probably tomorrow with a normal Tuesday episode. A little bit of comics, a little bit of health, a little bit of MS, a little bit of whatever. And we'll talk to you then. Stay ginchy, everyone. <laughs>